1: Okay, this morning we want to try and um, just glean some of the things that we began last Sunday to talk about purpose and on Wednesday we also went into it and um, I sensed before now that there were just parts of it that God will also have us deal with so that we don't miss it since it's, um, it's a very essential and fundamental thing that you and I understand as a believer. And in John 18, verse 37, if you put that on the screen for us, it says the Pilate speaking to our Lord and Savior Jesus at his trial that accused our Lord Jesus of several things. So Pilate said to him, Pilate therefore said to him, 37 7, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. He said, for this cause I was born. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Then the last one says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May we hear his voice today in the name of Jesus. And may your voice also be heard in the name of Jesus. May you fill in that need. May you occupy that place for which you were born in the name of Jesus. And as a body, as a father's church, may we fulfill the purpose for which also we were born in the name of Jesus. So this morning, I want us to pray because we need a lot of help from the Holy Spirit. Just like always, but today more than ever before. Lord, just take over this time. Talk to the Lord. Lord, overshadow the teacher. Overshadow the hearer. Let your words come to me in a language I can understand. Give me clarity. Give me insight. Help the man that you have chosen to bring the word today. Let him hear accurately. Let him distill what your will is. Let him be obedient to you. Lord, for me, O Lord, let my heart be meek. Let my heart be lowly. Let me receive with meekness the engrafted word. Let it produce salvation in me. Let it produce 30-fold, 60-fold, Hundredfold, dollars oh Lord, so that when my race is done and over, I can look back and say, I fulfilled that purpose for which I was born. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our God. For in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. So our Lord Jesus here, you know, said something that is very important, and we'll just take it from there. It wasn't part of my text this morning. But he said, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Then the last statement, everybody read the last statement for me. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. You know the implication of that? To some people you look useless, but you're not useless. To some people you look like a failure, but you're not a failure. To some people you look like what's even this one doing? You know like our Nigerian mechanics, those of us who have driven old cars. When you go to a mechanic with your car there are parts there that they say "Oh God, this one is useless. They remove it, they throw it away. <laughs> you know, because they don't know what it's to do. We learned that it is only the creator the manufacturer of a product that knows its purpose isn't it? So In life, unfortunately and incidentally, a lot of people who are, unquote, unfortunately, you know, failing so badly in God's purpose for their lives, are appearing to the world as successful and feeling successful in their own eyes and in the eyes of men. They count themselves successful, whereas before God, their maker, you know, they are tragic failures. And, you see, you and I must understand these things because, you see, in any game that is played, the goal of the game, what counts, is what the passion is directed towards. So, if you don't get this right, no matter how gifted, no matter how equipped, you know, God has equipped you for life, you may not finish, you know, as successfully as God intended for you. But when you get it, just like our lord jesus christ he said here for this cause i was born for this cause i've come into the world that i should bear witness to the truth finish notice that even with Pilate, when you go home and read that passage even with Pilate, he didn't bother explaining things to him some of the questions he didn't give him an answer the same way someone here don't bother answering some people praise the lord don't bother explaining to some people our lord jesus didn't do that because he knew what he came for and he said those for whom i'm sent they will recognize me everyone who is of the truth what do they do they hear my voice in another place in my sheep they hear my voice and they what they follow me praise the lord so one of the unfortunate things in our life is that people are failing in their god intended purpose it says before i created you i knew thee right and i ordained thee to be a prophet and then you can come like we mentioned last sunday and become a big you know popular footballer and then everybody saying you're the greatest there's this new one they brought out i think he came out a few years ago goat you know and people are struggling to be goats you know in the eyes of men and look at the way they said the greatest of all time a people that are living in a breath of maximum 100 years. People before now never knew you. People after now will not know you. But they call you goats and you answer. Praise the Lord. You know? So it's something that we must understand as we navigate on this journey of purpose. Interestingly, in Colossians 1, please, you can put that for us, 9 to 11. Let's take it. One of the prayers that the Apostle Paul, you know, prayed for the church he says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of what? His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Notice it's not just understanding. There is understanding and then what? There is spiritual understanding. Continue 10 to 11, please. He says, Why do we need to be filled with all wisdom and spiritual understanding? We need to be, why? That we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Because if we don't know what is expected of us, failure is inevitable. You resume in an office or you, they give you a role or assignment. You don't know what they want from you. You're just going to do what you think should be done. Okay? So that we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Praise God being fruitful in how many every one of them so not in this area you're a star in this area you're shame. you know that's what happens in the world but when you come to the kingdom there's an all round perfection why because the fruit of the spirit touches everywhere okay and something very interesting here just before we leave it it says fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and what increasing in the knowledge of god how many of us want to know god more sincerely want to know god more do you know that somehow holy spirit help me to get this way, somehow growth in the faith in christian things and spiritual things is not actually just by acquisition of more knowledge in fact it is almost dangerous to acquire knowledge without the requisite obedience One of the things that Lord Jesus Christ said to us, or said in several ways, he said, take heed how you hear, okay? Then he said, take heed what you hear. I've told you the story here about a man who attended a revival program. And the preacher noticed that every service, when he gets up to preach, by the time he's done one or two lines, this particular man gets out and almost, you know, runs out of the church. And the preacher will be wondering, what am I doing so wrongly that this man can't bear me? Then the next day of the meeting, the man is seated in the same place. And then the preacher starts again. Then the man runs off. So one day, you know, they caught him and brought him back. And the preacher said, what am I doing to you? He said, preacher, you're not doing anything to me. I want to go and finish this one I heard. Do you get it? This one I heard, I want to go and apply it before I hear more. He's a wise man. Praise the Lord. Because you see, let's go back to our Colossians. You see, the knowledge of God talks about those who by reason of use, have their senses exercised. Like, okay, the Father's Church has never been 20 before. Have we ever been 20? So we're 20. So they set up programs to celebrate this 20. And you didn't avail yourself of it. Some of you have never even gone on street evangelism. You've missed two Saturdays of it. Clap for yourself. I'm serious. Clap for yourself. You know, he didn't come for any. Clap. The people who went, the simple thing that has changed now is that you know what it is, but they have known God in it. It says they knew him in the breaking of bread. There is an experience, there's an exposure that comes in obedience. I can close this service now because you'll be a better Christian. You see, you are deceived. It's just like in school. When I go to school and the lecturer is teaching me, teaching me, teaching me, if I don't write an exam, can I travel around the exam period and come back next day and say I should be in the next class? What would they say to me? Where's the result? Which exam did you write? So you have the knowledge, but it was never interrogated. There was never an experience. So I don't know whether, um, you know, MSC committee might create another opportunity because you just don't. You've missed on something. Now, and I'm not saying that you must come out in group to do that, but for those who have never done it, it's just like, you know, fasting and just so many other things that are spiritual exercises. The church is a grace given to you. So when they say the church is doing this, if you've never done it before, it's grace opened up to you to gain experiences, experience it so that subsequently in your own personal life, you can walk in it. Praise the Lord. So it says, feel the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing. Is this increasing that makes you to say, I know whom I have believed. Is this knowledge that takes you beyond doubt? Is this knowledge that takes you beyond circumstances that makes you stand solid in the faith? that makes you a pillar in the house of God praise the Lord let's move on so it said being fruitful in every good work increasing in the knowledge of God 11 now strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy so this is what Paul was praying for us it began by in all wisdom and spiritual understanding we receive all that in the name of Jesus Christ okay so we want to look at a few instances in the Bible And in particular, we're going to look at the man named Saul because we touched a bit about him on Wednesday, and um, as we're you know just talking about him, I began to see how important it was that we see this man. This was one of the first people we find in the Bibles, in the Word of God, that had such a great future, but didn't have a corresponding great finish. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. I said that would not be my portion in the name of Jesus. Since I can't hear your amen. Praise the Lord. So we have a king that was divinely chosen by God. Praise the Lord. He was divinely chosen by God. And, you know, interestingly, before God even chose him to be king, he already stood out. The Bible said, amongst the children of Israel, he stood head and shoulders above everyone. That would make anybody stand out. Praise God. We gather in the Father's Church and then, you know, uh, the King Charles' head is touching your shoulder. You wouldn't need a name, isn't it? I mean, if you come, you came. If you didn't come, if they say this one is for you, the tallest, everybody will know. Praise the Lord. So that's how he was even created. Handsome. Everything about him was extra, you know, just special. And then to add on top of it, when the nation needed a king, god divinely chose saul and gave him to the nation and when the people saw him they said god you have chosen well everybody agreed you know this is a case of heaven and earth agreeing that this is the king come with me to first samuel 15 from verse 1. it says samuel also said to saul the lord sent me to anoint you king over his people over israel now therefore hear the voice of the words of the lord Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep and camel and donkey. Okay? A few instances in the scriptures, when God gives commands, he gives reasons. This is one of those instances. Many times when God gives a command, he doesn't give reasons. But here he gave a reason. He says, thus says the Lord, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. How he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Which means, I want to help you to obey this instruction. Are you with me? So he gave him help, extra help. So Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim: 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So he was actually acquainted with history, what happened. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I've set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And he grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, he was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Kamel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by and gone down to Gilgal then Samuel went to Saul and Saul said to him blessed are you of the Lord I have performed the commandment of the Lord let's just stop here so that we don't add too many things together verse 10 says the word of the Lord came to the prophet Samuel okay and this was what heaven was feeling what was heaven feeling heaven said I greatly regret that I've set up Saul as king. For he has turned his back from following me. And has not performed my commandments. And then Samuel. The representative of God. The Bible said what? He grieved him and he cried how long? All night. Imagine the grief. That will make a man cry all night. That's how much. You know this failure was. Okay. Now look at Saul's side. So verse 12 says. So Samuel rose up. In the morning to meet Saul, And it was told him, Saul went to Camel, And indeed he has set up what? A monument. To who? When do you set up a monument to yourself? Accomplishment. He has done so well. This feat should not, must not be forgotten. I was discussing with someone. I can't remember who he was. I think maybe it was my wife. I can't remember. And I was saying, a few of us may have heard it. A lot of our politicians are so callous. Before the end of their tenure, things that they should have done, they didn't do. They will now rush and whitewash it and commission it so that it will be on record that they commissioned it, they built it. Now, a man finished an airport a few weeks ago with, I think, that something billion. A couple of weeks after, they need about $16 billion to renovate it. It hasn't been used. A monument. Do you get it? Just this year it was commissioned. It hasn't been used. Then it needs renovation of almost 50% of the cost of building. We saw commissioning of refinery and by June we're supposed to be getting fuel from that refinery. Up till now we've not even gotten water. Monuments and then when they go they will be listed as part of the achievements that's what Saul did there. A monument was set up. Oh, King Saul. Hail, King Saul. Okay? And he didn't just set up the mo- monument. He went around, he says, and he has gone on, around, passed by. So he was going around cities. And everywhere he came to, people were clapping and celebrating him and were saying, Wonderful. You've done great for yourself. He said, Men will praise you when you do great for yourself. That's where Saul was. And then when he saw the prophet Samuel, Praise God. Normally, it would be the prophet blessing the king. But he has become so successful that he was now the one blessing the prophet. What did he say? He said, blessed are you of the Lord. And I not asked him what happened. He said, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. All based on his own appraisal. Now the Bible says the things which are written... We are written for our own admonition. So Saul has written his exam. This is for me to look and learn my own lesson. Saul was not mad. He just didn't have understanding. And you also, you're not mad. I'm not mad. But we need understanding in the name of Jesus. So as far as he was concerned, Samuel should come and give him that doctorate. But Samuel said to him, verse 14, let's move on now. What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, Oh, they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet and I'll tell you what the Lord said to me last night. May everyone have someone in his life who tells him what the Lord is saying to him. <laughs> it's destruction when a man gets to a place where he doesn't hear what the Lord is saying. Or when he won't hear. Not he doesn't hear. When he won't hear. Okay? So he said to him, Speak on. So relaxed. Probably took a, a glass of uh, fresh wine. Speak on. Okay. So 17 says, So Summer said, When you were little, where? your own eyes were you not head of the tribes of israel and did not the lord anoint you king over israel now the lord sent you on a mission and said go and utterly destroy the sinners the amalekites and fight against them until they are consumed why then did you not obey the voice of the lord why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the lord why this was his answer And Saul said to Samuel, I don't understand what you're saying. Prophet, I don't understand. I've obeyed the voice of the Lord. I've gone on the mission which the Lord sent me. I've even brought back Aga, king of Amalekah. And I've destroyed the rest of the people that are not good. Even the things you're saying, I say, but the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen. The best of the things which doesn't make sense to be utterly destroyed. They took it, you know. God is worthy of sacrifice that they may sacrifice it to the Lord your God again. I see what's happening here. (laughs) Praise God. Let's go back to verse 1. You see, what Saul was saying here would not have been so unfortunate if this verse 1 did not say the Lord sent Samuel to anoint you, which means you did not manifest as king by yourself. Are you with me? all he was saying here you could see that these were his judgments this is what god saw would do and that's what he's doing but we're told that it was god that sent samuel to do what to anoint him as king and gave him an assignment to carry out and said this is the purpose you will fulfill for me let's go this was the response the prophet gave and this is where we get that very popular passage he says so samuel said has the lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. He said, behold, to obey is better than what? Than sacrifice. And to heed than the fount of rams. He said, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Let's go back to this 22 and 23 now because we are going somewhere praise the Lord I say we are going somewhere we're seeking for glory honor and what immortality so we need to understand what brings it he said has the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of Rams you know one of the things that helps me to understand this part of the Bible is when I realize that God is not a man because you see a man can say I want you to obey to obey me is better than sacrifice there are some things you'll bring to the same man he will rather that you disobey him because that thing you brought is big but God is all you can't impress God are you with me no you and I can't impress God And the lower the man gets, the more easy to do it. That's why you get into some environment. There are fornicators, adulterers, all kinds of terrible people being given honor, even in God's house. Why? Because the sacrifice they bring helps the work. Their sacrifice is better than the obedience before man. But when you talk about God, what does God need? he's the one that we understand is the only self-existent one you and i as human beings we need the trees to release for us oxygen we need the trees to take away our carbon dioxide we need different things to survive we need one another but god exists all by himself so how can i bribe god how can I do something for God and tell him, God, I, I'm a fornicator, but you know, oh, Lord, you know me. You know the way I bring money to church. Oh, you know the way I sing. Oh, you know, you know the way I preach. You, you know the way I move people for you. How do you tell that to God? We're talking on Wednesday. It was it Wednesday that we're saying that whatever a man does, the moment he begins to imagine it's originating from him, he has lost it. Because whatever God is doing with you, he can do without you. Praise the Lord. He can accomplish any and everything without a man. You don't need a man, the song says, to be the God that you are. Oh, no, you don't. You don't. Okay? So he went on and verse 23 says, for rebellion, that's the one that caught me, is as the sin of witchcraft. Haba. So Saul has now become a witch. How? And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Ah. uh just stubborn iniquity and idolatry it says because you have rejected now we, we may not get into details of this we i think we dealt with it on wednesday then Saul said to samuel okay okay i have sinned i've transgressed the commandments of the lord and your words because i did what i feared the people and obeyed their voice i want to rush because of time now therefore please pardon my sin and return with me that i may worship the lord okay but Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe, and he talked. So Samuel said to him, The Lord has turned the kingdom of Israel from you today, and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than yeah. you. And also, the strength of Israel will not lie or not relent, for he's not a man that he should relent. 30 Let's read 30 together. Then Saul said, I have sinned, yet do what? Hold on, let's take it a step at a time. Saul said, I have sinned. So, I have sinned in 24. Are you patient with me this morning? I have sinned in verse 24. I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord. I fear the people, you know. It meant that he had no understanding of what he was saying. Because I have sinned, yet honor me. No, nobody can sin and say yet honor me. Those two words don't go together. When King David sinned, he said he put on sackcloth and ashes. That's the attire of someone who has sinned. Who knows he has sinned? Saul here was just, you know, dealing king to king. You know, some time ago, you know, many years ago, we used to invite different people to minister in our praise um, program. So there's this young man who was very gifted, you know, in leading praise and worship. So after a couple of years, maybe three or four years, we invited him to minister. In the middle of the ministration, he called me out and said, I speak to you as pastor to pastor. These people won't understand. You know, pastor to pastor, I'm talking to you. I really didn't take notice of it. It was someone that was saying, ah, so the boy has now, he has now so grown that you and him now at a level and then the rest of them are coming along you know so Saul here was saying just okay I've seen I've seen let's move on I've seen yet honor me and now it wouldn't have been such a problem if what he was saying was in the secret of his bedroom I'm going somewhere this morning but where was it he needed the honor he said please what before the elders of my people and before Israel And return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Brothers and sisters, there is something here that I want you to pick. If you get it, you are most likely to fulfill your purpose in the name of Jesus. When something that is different from God's honor and glory is able to move you, you're in danger. Whatever it is. Whoever it is. We can see now, we do an assessment of Saul's life. We can see that he wasn't a bad person per se. He's just that he was being moved by the wrong things. He was being moved by the wrong things. If we had time also, we look at his fears. So we are seeing his inspiration. His inspiration was the people. What would the people see? What are the people thinking? So when he got on, God's anointing actually enabled him to destroy the whole of the Amalekites. But at a point, he thought, if I destroy all of them... Listen, in those days, when a king goes to war and returns, to show that he had superior victory, you know, serious victory in that war, he needed to lead captivity captive. He needed to lead a procession of the people he caught. So, if he destroyed everybody and the king, and he returns to Israel, who is he going to lead, you know, in the captivity train? Nobody. Nobody. That's why he kept Agag. So that when he comes, Agag is bound, walking behind it. So that you will know that Saul did what? Saul went to battle. Okay? And then when you see the spoil, you know that the country they defeated wasn't a poor, wretched country. That's why he did it. He said, I could have destroyed them. But the people said. Now, at no point did he say that he stopped remembering what God said. Which means that he judged. What does God want, and what do the people want? And he said, Let me give the people what they want and deny God what he wants. When you grow in your Christian faith to where you don't care what the people want, but give God what he wants, you enter into a safe place. May you get there in the name of Jesus. I thought somebody would just claim it in the name of Jesus. Because if you look at it, you know, I, I don't know if I have the time. Verse 21, you see that was where the change happened. 20, he said, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord. I've gone on the mission and brought back He said, but the people, 21 said, but the people. So it wasn't that he was unable. It was that he was motivated. He considered what the people said and he agreed with them. What did the people say? Don't obey God. Let's bring some of this. I know when they make the sacrifices to God, you know, the fattened cows and all of that. not everything that burns praise god so they will also what benefit from the sacrifice that was made okay okay so there would have been a lot of suya for the people and he said to them he said listen listen apart from being motivated by their values look at the other one he said 24. 24 says i feared the people so a man a christian who either important both ways who either wants to please people or is afraid of people will most likely miss his purpose want to please or afraid want to please or afraid they carry the same way different directions i fear the people and obeyed their voice this was what he did and it took him completely to the position where he said okay god even if you're not happy with me Let the people be happy with me. This was the end. A man said, if you can pray in the deepest part of your heart, may nobody see me better than you see me. You will become a giant in the kingdom. Did you hear what I said? May I not appear better in the eyes of anybody than I appear in your eyes. Which means you take away all the plastic. You take away all the falsehood. It's a good place to be it will help you to be humble but the moment Saul, so, god himself to that place says i've seen before you god but honor me before men i want to show you a scripture i've referred to here several times i pray it brings a new understanding to us john chapter 5 please verse 44 our lord jesus speaking he made statements that you know that are just um it takes it being the direct word of god for you to understand the import of such statements he was speaking to the jews here he said how can you believe now note here who is speaking here i can't hear you from this side who is speaking what did he say he said how can i believe now it means if this thing is saying it's fundamental to my faith and remember it says to him that believes how many things are possible so if i don't believe i am Eliminating myself from all of those possibilities, and what did he say? He said, "How can you believe who receive what honor from one another?" It means that at any time, I find myself in a place where people's honor is what I'm looking for. I've stepped into unbelief. Are we in church this morning? At any point the honor that i'm in any deed in any activity this was a challenge the pharisees had this was a challenge they had because they were not bad people it's just that they sought honor amongst themselves they looked at themselves they wanted to do something they looked at what this person doing and you know we are all you know proceeding on the same line where we are today as christians this is so so happening amongst us It's so happening amongst us. Why? Because the influence of the world is so, you know, almost overbearing. Because we are social beings, they say. Human beings are social beings, aren't we? So you interact with people. Okay? You don't want to finish doing something and everybody's feeling, what useless thing did you do there? You know. But also, Jesus is saying, if that thing you did was what he asked you to do, you are in faith. Praise the Lord. But if you finish doing something and everybody's clapping for you Everybody's excited and shouting for you And it's not what God asked you to do You're failed So it says how can you believe Who receive honor from one another Something so simple But you see for you to fulfill The destiny and the purpose of God for your life You must understand this You know the very delicate line That separates purpose from existence This is what begins to define it because he says someone sent you on an errand i'm living this life you're living this life we're living this life the church is existing by the grace of god isn't it christ is the head of the church where his body we're the bride of christ and he is our groom right everything that we do as a church somebody owns us and remember it says i'll present to myself a glorious church without spot nor wrinkle who is he going to present it to i can't hear you present it to who to himself He's working to present to himself. So, you know, like some of us here that know how to cook, you know, uh, our brother, Pastor Moody. When Pastor Moody wants to eat beans, he will go to the market and he will buy the beans and wash it. And then prepare it. He had wanted to eat beans his morning. He goes through all that process and cooks it. You know how long it takes to cook beans. Then when he finishes, he'll set the table and serve himself beans and eat it. Now, the reason these <laughs> patience is legendary. And Momichi is a bit like that. She can do that. If I'm hungry for beans and there's no beans, eh? if there's a... Um, what is so far from beans? Bread. Thank you. You got it. If there's bread, my hunger for beans will be adjusted by time factor. Do you understand? That I will use the bread to quench that appetite for beans. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. God is working in Christ to raise a church for himself. That should help you understand the standards. The reason people do that, like Mommy and Pastor Moody, is because they want that food in a particular way. Is someone hearing me? They want it in a particular way. They're not just looking for what everybody is looking for. He wants a glorious church without spot nor wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be blameless and without fault that is what he's looking for when you understand this thing you begin to see how delicate this race is and also how safe it is so if you can beat your chest in prayer and say to lord lord i want to please only you part of the things we also learned on wednesday is this weakness has never been a problem for a christian praise god somebody what did i say weakness that i can do something the song we sang what I can do, what will you do? He said you will do it. You will do it. He will help me. Weakness has never been a problem. The problem is my wanting. Holy Spirit, help me. The problem is my what? The thing that wants in me. The thing that moves me. Praise God. The thing that pushes me. Second Corinthians five, please. 14, 15, and 16. We can just go to 15 because of time. Second Corinthians 5, 15. Okay, let's start 14. Sorry. It says for the love of Christ does what? Compels us. Because we judge us that if one died for all, then how many died? Then all died. Fifteen now. It says and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Sixteen. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Now, can you put that particular passage in the Living Bible for us? The 14 to 16. Let's read it from there. It says, he died for all so that all who live. 14 please. Okay, put it together. It's okay. Are we insane to say such things about ourselves? If so, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. He said, whatever we do, it is certainly not for our own profit, but because Christ's love does what? Christ's love does what? Christ's love does what? That is safety. That's what we're talking about. Safety. The love of Christ compels us. So, I'm no longer compelled by what you say or what you say. Like that will teach us here. He says, you know, someone asks you for money, you give him. Then tomorrow the person asks you for money, you give him. Then now he comes again He says, every time you'll be disturbing me. And then the Spirit of God will say, Ah, who is giving you what you're giving him? John, he said, would you want to be the one asking? Let him be the one giving. I get in it now. He says, so I give because of Christ. I don't give to impress you. And then when I don't give, it's because, you know, he didn't ask me to give. Anyway, he moves. I say, because Christ's love controls us now. Since we believe that Christ died for all of us, we should also believe that we have died to the old life we used to live. Now, let's go to the 15 now. Fifteen. He died for us so that all who live, having received the eternal life from him, might no longer do what? Might live no longer for themselves to please themselves. But to spend their lives, what? Pleasing Christ. That is Christianity. Praise God, somebody. It says that we might no longer live for ourselves to please ourselves. No. So, I don't even know who he was pleasing. But from what we hear, it was the people. You know, the people like this. And do you know how normal that statement sounds now? You know people like this. You know this is what people like now. Have you heard it? Have you used it? We are delivered. Do you understand? Somebody died for us. The life I'm living, I'm living it on someone's grace. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I. But Christ lives in me. So I cannot, I can't be pursuing what I want. And you know, if you understand this, you're you're going to become a bit problematic to your circle. Because you become so almost antisocial. There are so many things that the environment, the world, the season, you know, have accepted as normal. Why? Because people like it. But these are the things that deviate you from purpose. Praise the Lord, somebody. So it goes on, 16. Let's go to the next verse. There's something we'll see there. It says, so stop evaluating Christians by what the world thinks about them or by what they seem to be like on the outside let's read that together, everyone so i stop evaluating christians by what the world thinks about them or by what they seem to be like on the outside hallelujah if you don't you will miss purpose because the adversary that we have is an experienced adversary he's going to come at us in different ways you know quickly i I just mentioned in case I, i don't come back here Paul, Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle, we know him very well. And something happened in his life that had confused, you know, people for a while. In Acts 21, from 10 to 14, there was a prophet, Prophet Agabus. There was a prophet that appeared on the scene in the church, Prophet Agabus. And this prophet, you know, took up the belt of Paul and started prophesying. And he said, the spirit bears witness that the man... Who owns this bell that I'm holding? He said, this is what is going to happen to him. He's going to be delivered into the hands of Gentiles. They're going to bind him. They're going to beat him. And they're going to do all of that. Gone. When the people, fellow Christians, heard these things, he says, "Both we and those from that place pleaded with Paul not to go. The prophet has said there is danger for you. You shouldn't go. This man is prophesying by the Spirit. 13 and 14, if you can put it. Then Paul answered them, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? He said, I am ready not only to be bound, but also what? To die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Hold on here. He said, The prophecy came, and it wasn't from the devil. It was the Spirit of God. Saying, This is what is going to happen. But, what... Okay, let's read 14. So, you know. So, when he would not be persuaded, we see saying, The will of the Lord be done. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This was what they should have held on before. No matter the prophecy that is given to you, what should you want to be done? Uh-huh. So, do you want a prophecy that will make you miss the will of the Lord? But that is what happens when people advise, when saints advises. Now, the question is this. If God didn't want him to not go, why did they reveal it to him? Praise God. So, you're in a situation. And you know, this is God's will. And then they've said it clearly, unequivocally. If you do this, you will suffer this. God didn't hide it from you. Does he want you not to do it or do it? Why? Because the issue is, he wants, he says, Even when we pray, Our Father which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy kingdom come, thy what? Simple. That's what Christians do. Now, if you read on, uh, in that story, I want to show you what happened with Paul here. I want to take you, to Acts 26, you're going to see what happened there. Acts 26. This was his commissioning from verse 12, please. Acts 26 from verse 12. He was giving an account. It says he was talking about his life. I'm going to read quickly, so just run. He said, While thoughts occupied, this is Paul talking. As I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests. At midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me, and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground I heard a voice speaking to me And saying in the Hebrew language "Saul so, so, why persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus Whom you are persecuting 16, let's read it together, everyone He said, but rise And stand on your feet For I have appeared to you for this purpose What purpose? He said, to make you A minister And a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which i will yet reveal to you it gets better 17 to 18. it says i will deliver you from the jewish people as well as from the gentiles to whom i now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of satan to that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified in me this was the purpose if you go back to that 16 see it says i've chosen you to be a witness a minister to me there are witnesses that when they want to witness for a case in the world that we're in they have to give them witness protection because if you witness in this case the bad guys will come against you am i right now god is saying to you no matter the situation don't keep your mouth from being a witness in fact saying about this do you know part of the problems we have in nigeria part of the problems we have in nigeria is that our or rather one of our main problems is that the few people that god wants to use they are too afraid to be used by god do you imagine that they can plan all the things they plan to rig to you know to steal um our money to rewrite results and all of that and there are no witnesses is it possible because you see if in a state now okay the states that held elections yesterday i don't know how it turned out the governor says okay i want you people to write this result is he going to be the one that will write it he's going to tell somebody right and the person he tells will tell somebody right so in that line there's going to be an INEC staff right there's going to be a policeman there's going to be a, a, a youth copper there'll be people there if such people knew what they were to be they can bring the kind of evidence that would be irrefutable i was in that meeting he said this this is what he said with such evidence we can turn around but when men and women are too afraid to stand by truth because of the consequences, then what happens is that the consequences are multiplied to the whole nation because of the failure of people being who they should be. God does not make mistakes. Do you know that this Paul we are talking about would have been killed very early in his life after he became a Christian? When he went to this Jerusalem, the Jews swore to an oath That they would not eat until they kill him Do you know that happened? And he would have been killed But the Bible said his nephew His sister's son A little boy Had it And ran to the commander You know what that takes? And ran to the commander and said Sir How he got access to him The works of God Sir these people have plotted And have sworn to an oath That they will not eat until they kill so. That's why that very night and order was given that soul be relocated that's how god works if you're listening to me here and you're in such a position if you can't do it come i will go with you so that if anything is happening it will happen to two of us but you see, this is the way it works sir. you now not do it and they're shaking you you're a good boy you're a good boy you're cooperated you have failed before god you have failed before god you have failed the purposes of god and you see when you fail in these purposes the cumulative effect you can't imagine it Do you know that it was this sparing of the Amalekites that would have wiped out the Jews if not for Mordecai and Esther again? Little compromise here. It grows just like a river. If it finds an opening, the next place is going to find, you're going to see, it's going to be bigger and deeper. Praise God, somebody. But when you understand that God has sent you into this world for a purpose, and this God is faithful. So Paul, knowing this, he said, what god called me to be like some have said that the christian is not called to be successful do you believe that praise god praise the lord the christian has not been called to be what no he's been called to be faithful well done that good and successful servant is that what he said well done that good and what faithful servant enter into the joy of your master now this is where we see how paul what was the secret come to acts 20 or maybe 22 23 24 okay yes so this is paul speaking now and he says and see now and i go bound in the spirit to jerusalem not knowing the things that will happen to me there except that the holy spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations are with me 24 he said but what but what none of these things move me nor do i count my life there to myself so that what I may finish my race with joy. That is where we're going. We are talking about finishing. We are not saddest. We don't hate life. We want the best life. But it doesn't come now. Are you understanding? Paul made it clear here. Paul wasn't looking to experience pain. He's not like one of those people that are looking for where to suffer. No, he just said that because I have a race to run. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, who for the joy that was set before him. He said that I may finish my race with joy. May you finish your race with joy. In the na- I said, may you finish your race with joy. In the name of Jesus. He says, and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. Not what men told me. Men can look at you and say, you can do this thing. You can do that. But the God who created me knows what he created me for. He said that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive. So this Paul now, when he was finishing his race, know what he said? He said, I've run my race. Do you know the privilege of at the end of your journey, you have no regrets? Do you know what it means to have no regrets? I don't know if you think. I think most times when I lie down, it takes me hours to transcend from being awake to asleep. So I think of all kinds of things. I meditate I you know pray all of them together do do you know what it means to come to the end of your life and you wish you did this you wish you didn't do that you wish you didn't do this you wish no suffering at that moment will compensate for it because you can't go back someone listening you can't go back and I've told you here something about enjoyment enjoyment cannot be carried forward hey somebody didn't hear me I said enjoyment cannot what if you're driving to the airport in an air-conditioned luxury car and you're two let's say five minutes to the airport and the car breaks down and because of time you have to bird you know a um maybe not even keke maybe just one of those golfs that the heat from the engine is helping the heat from abuja those last five minutes of your journey will never make you remember the first 48 minutes because what is last last. are you hearing me i said what is last does what last that's what paul is saying here he said none of those things why, that i may finish so when he finished, he said i've run my race i finished he said hence therefore what remains is for me to receive the crown i want you to finish like that i want you to understand what we're talking about because you see these things are in the bible if we fail it will be ashamed because of time i won't give you the details but another man in the bible had a greater beginning than saul even his name was samson samson there had to hold the mother's womb for a season so that he will come at the appropriate time when he came there was prophecy the angel of the lord who is our lord jesus christ appeared to the mother the father said i let god send that same angel in. he came again and repeated his message there's going to be a son born to you. This is what he's going to do. This is, he will begin the deliverance of the children of Israel from the Philistines. No razor shall touch his head. This and this is what is going to happen. He had godly parents. He had every privilege a man could ask for. But what was his problem? Before we even talk about his problem, let's talk about his ability. The Bible says Samson was going one day. And the lion, the young lions are the strongest. Jumped out to attack him. He said he tore it into pieces. Like shawarma. You know how you're eating shawarma and the thing is falling apart. He said he took the young lion and to- that's how strong God enabled him to be. At one situation, you know, the, the people of a city locked the gates and wanted to trap him in the morning. In the night, he went and carried the gate on his shoulders with, with the pillars. The architects will understand it. He didn't just carry the gate. He lifted it with the pillars and climbed the mountain. That also tells you how he climbed. That was the incline. That's how strong God enabled him. But do you know he failed woefully. At the end of his life, he was blind, he was bound, and he was grinding. Let's rise on our feet. What was his problem? Samson was never moved by the will of God. The only thing that moved Samson was women and revenge. And his choice of women... Ah, our young people, may you not have such choice for women. He never loved one good woman. Either the one that will take his secret and tell the one that torment him and all of that why but something had potential but what was moving him there's a song that says something they move my body something they move my mean? better let it be that is the will of god that is moving your body i need somebody to talk to the lord The where i'm going this morning is simple pray that you'll be only moved by what god sent to you nothing else nothing else let your honor glory honor and immortality let your glory let your honor let immortality let considerations of this be the only thing that moves me you know shame is powerful you know mockery is powerful you forget when you were young how your mother can make a nice dress for you and you go to school or you go to the party and you're feeling cool and your friends look at you and start laughing and you cry home and say to your mother you will never wear this what happened envious people laughed at you because their mother didn't make it for them but you will never allow yourself be seen in that again because you value the opinion of people now we have grown but we have not grown out of it i want you to pray lord only your opinion only your purpose only your joy will count in my life whatever it is i do lord i seek your approval alone i seek your honor alone brothers and sisters god has a way of responding to men and women who put their gaze on him he makes them extraordinary we talked about daniel on wednesday he took a man in a foreign land when they examined him concerning the language of the locality amongst the locals do you know what daniel beats the locals in their language When he was examined in science, in geography and everything, he scored 1,000% over his teachers. Why? Because this was a man that said, I will not dishonor God. I will honor God. Brothers and sisters, there is a lifting for you. I say there is a lifting for somebody. If you seek God's honor, God will seek your lifting. Jesus said to the Father, glorify me with that glory. There is a glory that God wants to glorify you with. There's a lifting that God wants to lift you with. There's a positioning that God wants to position you with. Where you become in this salt and light. Where no matter how they refuse. Until they come to you. Ah. They will know that there is no solution in that environment. Because you're the anointed one. That was what God did for Job. His friends went on and on and on. When it was time for them to be helped. God sent them back to the same Job. He said go let, let Job bless you. Lord, I'm coming to you today and I'm saying, It is to you I look. You are my all in all. You are my pursuit. It doesn't matter. I can't explain what I'm going through, but I put my faith in you because I know you're coming. Child of God, there's a plan for your life don't worry about what people are talking about there is Mordecai we never heard of Mordecai's wife so he didn't have marriage we never heard of Mordecai's children so he probably didn't have children we don't know if he did but we know that Mordecai preserved the nation had it not been for Mordecai Haman would have killed the whole of the Jews what about Esther as a young girl she wished she had her parents with her just like the other children but her parents weren't there But it wasn't a disadvantage because god wanted to father her personally heaven wanted to father her personally and because of that she rose to become the queen and not just a queen that put makeup and wore nice clothing she was a queen deliverer god is raising people here i say god is enlisting people here i see somebody serious in his heart serious in her heart and that anointing is going to come the father's church is not for popularity i'm sure you already know that we are not for fame i'm sure you already we just want to be we are here for a witness and that's what we try to do it's not easy because the wind is going to be blowing things are going to be happening that make it unreasonable for you to keep up but henceforth we know no man after the flesh that's what that scripture is saying we judge nothing with the eyes of this world we look and we say what does the father want us to do when we finish doing it we cross our hands and we go it doesn't matter what happened why because somebody sent me somebody created me i needed to tell the lord you made me let me live for your pleasure you created me and if you're listening and you know that you have challenges in area in certain areas the preacher has already said weakness is not a problem you're here and you know there are sins that mock your faith mark your witness he says where sin abounds grace abounds much more don't go here without taking that grace tell that situation i received the grace we are turning 20 and you are turning it a new person you are turning it glorious you are turning it victorious you are turning it powerful you're turning it a conqueror you're turning it a bold witness you're turning it a new creation you will not be a source of shame to the kingdom You will be an instrument of glory i'm speaking to somebody whatever it is in that life because you are surrendering to his will and to his agenda he's turning it around he will walk all things to the counsel of his will change has come because there is a glory to be revealed there is an honor to be manifested there is immortality to be distributed and God is not passing by angels anymore he has sons and daughters he said today you are my witnesses he said you are my battle axes." he said i send you that's what he's saying i need somebody to pray to the lord to make it happen in his life i need somebody to seriously tell the lord this is what i want in my life nothing else you are my lord you are my god come and do that in my life i need somebody to be that person who the lord will use as a confirmation of the things he's saying to us lord we give you praise we give you glory hallelujah to your name
0: Listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near next Kashinkari Abuja, for telephone 9 290 9000 or 7 You can find us online at www at thefatherschurchonline.org
1: God bless you.